0: Welcome to our latest Coffee Break podcast, where we're very pleased to be joined by Danielle Kingdon, a partner in our employment team, who's going to talk with us about the possibility of blackouts this winter and what employers need to know and plan for. A warm welcome, Danielle. The COVID pandemic and lockdowns have really highlighted, haven't they, the importance of contingency planning for employers and considering the impact on employees and employee relations in advance where you can so when unexpected interruptions occur there's a plan in place. So um, what are the issues that arise for employers in the context of blackouts Danielle?
1: Um, thanks Kath and I'm very happy to chat about this, and I think it's incredibly important that all employers do prepare for the possibility of blackouts in in the winter. Um, So if we do see a scenario where blackouts are imposed, I think employers will need to have business continuity plans in place. I mean, that's the obvious thing, um, as well as obviously ensuring that they remain compliant with their health and safety obligations. They're also going to need to be prepared to respond to employee concerns over what is expected of them in terms of performing their duties and um, to potentially answer questions around any impact on pay and working hours. Yeah and the issue of pay I think
0: think that's the important one isn't it? Do, do employers need to pay an employee if a blackout occurs during their working hours and for that reason they can't perform their duties?
1: Well, the short answer is yes, they do have to pay them if the employee is available for work, but unable to do so due to forces outside their control. So in that scenario, they should continue to be paid. Thank you. It's nice, easy
0: answer there. Um, At the start of the Covid pandemic, there were some employers that looked to lay off employees or place them on short-time working arrangements to help manage costs during during um, the periods of disruption. Do you think that's an option they could consider here?
1: Well, I think uh, where employers have provisions in their contracts, um, it might be that this enables the business to shut down for a short period or reduce working hours with no obligation to pay salaries in full. Um, in this situation, though, um, a statutory payment would apply. However, I think in reality, these types of provisions aren't standard and many employers just won't have a contractual right to take these steps. So where that is the case, any reduction salary will need to be expressly agreed with each employee. Um, also, I think as the COVID pandemic highlighted, use of layoffs and short-time working must be considered together with the employee relations and reputational impact of taking these measures. I think, with many employees struggling to meet current sort of living cost issues and individual well-being again being a rising concern, many employers may decide it just isn't worth taking these steps unless the power cuts become incredibly prolonged.
0: Yeah, I can. I can definitely see
1: that being the case
0: i think i think there's going to be some employers who want and in fact need their employees to continue to work during any blackout what what the sorts of issues that those employers would need to consider
1: i think that whether or not an employee can continue to perform their duties during a power cut is going to inevitably depend on the type of work they're undertaking Um, As with COVID, a health and risk assessment will be essential to understanding the risks and what measures are needed to mitigate against them. But um, more obvious concerns are whether things like adequate lighting can be provided and and the work posts kept at a reasonable temperature. Whilst there's no law for minimum and maximum working temperatures, there is government government guidance which indicates that temperatures should be reasonable and suggests a minimum of 16 degrees or 13 degrees if employees are doing physical work. However, with the national grid indicating that any blackouts which are required are likely to be scheduled for later in the afternoon stroke early evening, um, employers will also need to think about the knock-on consequences on travel arrangements where duties can't be reasonably performed from home. Thanks. That's a really
0: helpful list of things to think about. Uh, um, Are there any other options you can see to help employees to continue working? I'm thinking of any kind of practical steps there might be for employers to consider.
1: Yeah, uh, depending on an individual's duties, it it may be that an employee can be required to work from home. Um, Where this isn't unusual for the employee, employers should make sure that they supply um, all and any necessary equipment and Um, make the employees aware of the rules around home working, and I'm thinking particularly about things like the importance of confidentiality and data protection requirements. Um, Also, some employees won't have the facilities to work from home, and it might be impractical to expect this to be facilitated unless the blackouts become more prolonged. Uh, also, with many employees now in hybrid or home working patterns where, where a scheduled blackout is at their home address, they could be required, for example, to come into the office during these times. Again, given the proposed timings of any blackouts, employers will need to think about the knock-on impact on childcare commitments where, for instance, schools and nurseries are impacted, or where an employee's usual hours of work are set up to accommodate their childcare commitments. Alternatively, a A temporary change to working hours could be considered to give, for an example, um, the, the right for an employee to make up working hours by starting earlier in the morning or working in the evening once power is restored. This might work for some employees, but of course there will be those with caring commitments, for example, where it just won't work for them in this way. Where that is the case, any insistence or negative outcome resulting from not being able to make up hours. Could well be discriminatory, and so employers need to think really hard about the merits of putting this requirement on employees, especially if the blackouts are irregular and short-lived.
0: I can certainly see the complexities of changing working hours for relatively short periods of time, and how how that is going to be difficult for those with commitments that can't be easily moved around. Is an alternative that employers could look at is asking employees to take holiday during the Blackout periods when they can't work. I know that some employers looked at that during the COVID lockdowns.
1: Um, I think where an employee is unable to carry out their duties during a blackout, um, it, it may be um, that they could be required to take annual leave. However, In practice, this won't be feasible, given that the national grid have indicated that any blackouts may be on as little as 24 hours notice. And that means an employer will not be able to give sufficient contractual or statutory notice. In any event, I think that this measure is likely to give rise to potential employee relations issues. So something that I think employers need to think long and hard about. Yeah, I'd I'd certainly agree with that.
0: Um, Are there any practical measures is employers can get prepared for to help employees keep working during back outside equipment they can provide, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, certainly on a practical level, it's going to be sensible to remind employees to keep mobile phones, laptops and other devices sufficiently charged and to familiarise them with how to connect to the internet via mobile devices rather than Wi-Fi. Uh, Where it is critical that work continues during any power cuts, employers will need to think about additional equipment needed to facilitate this, such as independent generators, etc. But this is clearly more costly. It's not going to be something every employer will want to consider.
0: I can also see that blackouts could give rise to wellbeing concerns for some vulnerable employees and perhaps those that feel put under additional pressure to meet work requirements and can't easily juggle the way they work to make sure their their duties are getting
1: done. What can employers do to support those types of individuals? Yeah, I think that's um, a key question. And, and I think it will be hugely important to ensure that managers understand what could be required of their employees and what reasonable consideration um, needs to be given to those with individual circumstances that, that might make the impact of blackouts greater on them than others. I'm thinking particularly here of employees who are particularly vulnerable due to specific medical conditions or with childcare or other caring commitments, which give them less flexibility in how and um, where they work. Employees should be reminded, of course, of any employee assistance scheme and what support is available for those struggling to cope with additional challenge of blackouts, compounding already very difficult circumstances. There could be tensions between those having to pick up additional work for others. That can't be flexible. So this is also something that will need to be very carefully managed. Thank you.
0: It's um, been so helpful talking to you. There's there's lots here for employers to prepare for and consider, isn't there? Is is there any particular closing message for employers as they prepare for what what seems could be a very difficult winter?
1: Yeah, I think that um, given at present any pay cuts are expected to be short lived. It may be that most employers take a practical view that employees won't be required to work during a power cut, where it'd be unreasonable for them to do so. However, it's still going to be very important to clearly communicate expectations to make sure a consistent approach is taken by line managers and so that employees have reassurance on what is expected of them and can forward plan for for their particular circumstances. Um, Of course, plans will have to be kept under review, given the inherent uncertainty of the situation. And if disruption becomes more prolonged or widespread, then further steps might need to be taken to respond to that. For example, working hours changed on a more long-term basis. Thanks so much, Danielle, for joining us today. There's um,
0: some very interesting issues raised here, aren't there? And it sounds like for many employers, the best approach is going to be to show flexibility and support for employees, which is what we saw um, by most during the COVID lockdowns. And often that that turns out to be the best approach. And in fact, productivity remained constant or even improved for some. So thank you to everyone for listening and please do join us next time.